There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. We mentioned the Auckland Writers' Festival at the beginning of the show um, because over the past couple of weeks we've been playing out some of our best of moments on talking of books because I was away in New Zealand for the Auckland Writers' Festival and I had the opportunity to speak to a wonderful woman called Miriam Lancewood and she was at the festival to speak about her memoir called Woman in the Wilderness, a story of survival, love and self-discovery in New Zealand. Now, I don't know how much you know about this, uh, Flora, but Miriam left civilization with her partner in 2010, and she's been living a nomadic existence in the wilderness since then. Um, Her partner's called Peter, husband's called Peter. They don't just live off the grid. I think that is the first thing that springs to mind when you hear about a memoir of someone who's lived in the wilderness is they've done it for maybe a few months, maybe a year, and then they've come back and they've written the book and they've gone back to their normal lives. But they don't live off grid. They hunt wild animals. They're still there. They've lived there for years. They forage for food. Everything they own is in a pack on their backs. They live and sleep in a tent or a hut. And they've done this through all seasons, through cold, through hunger, isolation for years. They stay outside in the wilderness. Six years after she embarked on this journey, she was contacted by a publisher. Please write a memoir, they said. Uh, So she did, thankfully. So we have this wonderful book to read. Uh, I'm so glad because it meant I was able to speak to her about this extraordinary way of life um, in Auckland. Here she is explaining what living in the wilderness actually entails for herself and her husband. We basically live in many different places and we're moving like nomads. So we basically have a backpack with all our belongings and we move in the mountains and I hunt wild animals and we forage a little bit. We sleep in our tent and we cook on a fire. And that's what we have been doing for all those years. After six years, I got an email from a publisher asking if I want to write a book about our life. And um, I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. Why not? And um, after the book came out, we spent some time in Europe. And it's more or less the same, minus the hunting, because I couldn't take my firearm overseas. I guess you can, but it's really quite difficult. Uh, And last November, we came back to New Zealand. So, um, yeah, that's the story in short. That's the story in short. But my main question is why? Why live this way? Why do this? She makes it sound so very matter of fact. She does. And the whole conversation was like this. This is her reason as to why she decided to do this. Peter's my husband, yeah. And I met him 13 years ago in India. And at the time, I was 22 and he was 52. And he said, you know, do whatever you like in your life, but do something different. For God's sake, do something different. (laughs) And I thought that sounded fantastic. And I realized that if I pair up with him, we would have a life of adventure. Because he refuses to uh, live a normal life and die of boredom and feel that you're living a total mediocre way of living. So um, I went with him. And uh, <laughs> we never had a boring day in our life. I love that. But I, when you speak to her, you realise that it can't just all have been Peter's idea. She clearly has an adventurous spirit herself. So I asked her how much of it was his idea and how much of it was hers. Well, of course, as a kid, I read these books about, you know, other kids that survive in nature in Sweden and Norway and those sort of countries. 
uh, and they deal with monsters and all the rest of it because it's a fairy tale, you know, <laughs> it's fantasy. And I never thought that this could be possible to actually live like this. And um, so being with him and also the fact that he's older and got more experience, very wise, gives me the courage to indeed do this. I think it's interesting that it's a partnership. Mm. You know, it's a very different thing, I imagine, to doing this out entirely on your own. Having just talked about rough magic and the loneliness of the Mongolian steppe, I think part of the joy of what she's describing is they're in it together. Well, you mentioned loneliness. Um, so let's jump ahead to that, because that was one of my questions. Don't you, don't you get lonely even, you know, with Peter there? Strangely enough, I only feel lonely in cities. And I'll sit here without my Facebook and Instagram, because I have none of that. Um, and I think I'm surrounded here in Auckland by 1.5 million people. And yet I have nobody to talk to. It's extraordinary. Um, in the wilderness, however, I never feel lonely. Uh, life is so full and so the direct surroundings, so incredibly beautiful, that there doesn't seem to be space for loneliness. So, yeah, in, in that city when she was there for that festival she felt really lonely but when she's you know with peter in the middle of nowhere nothing else around she feels you know completely distracted by by everything around her and by life i suppose there is so much to do then there must be less space as well to be bored because you have to forage for food you have to hunt you you have things to do to survive Mm. and we always say that it's the distractions that we have that make us busier Mm. She mentioned not having Facebook, not having social media, not having that constant distraction, I guess, means you can focus on what you're actually doing. So there are lots of benefits that she sees and that we see and that are fascinating to anyone talking to her. But I wondered what the reaction was from friends and family Mm. when she decided that she was going to do this. This is what she had to say. The fact that I was with Peter was way more of a shock than us going in the wilderness. Because my parents are about the same age as Peter. So they thought, you know, that this is, you know, absolutely abnormal. <laughs> and because um, um, he's thirty years older than you, yeah. Yes, that's right. So I was twenty-two when I met him, and he was fifty-two. And uh, not only I was with him, also moved to the other side of the world. So that was a shock. Whatever happened after was sort of easy going for my parents. <laughs> Uh, which I can imagine. I mean, if I had a daughter and and chosen an old partner like that, I would also um, have to swallow a bit, I guess. So I suppose that's advice for anybody who wants to go out and do something crazy like this. Make sure that you do another shocking thing first and then it's easy. Yeah. Uh, so I wondered, uh, communication and electronics, I mean, how does she actually get in touch with things like, you know, the Auckland Writers Festival? How does that come about if she's in the middle of nowhere? Where did she write the book? I'm exactly. About that. So this is her talking about how she communicates with the outside world. So we don't have indeed any electronics. We don't even have a clock. So we don't have the time because it doesn't matter. We just go to bed when we're tired and eat when we're hungry. Time is completely irrelevant. <clears throat> and um, the best part of that is that we don't have Mondays either, so we live completely without time. And uh, because that's what I hated the most in the city, then the Sunday comes, um, and after that the Monday, and I don't want, of course, another week to start. Also, when it's Wednesday, I want it to be Friday, so I'm, in fact, wishing my life away to get to the holiday. And I think this is a terrible crime against life. Um, So we don't have a clock, we don't have any electronics, because you can't really recharge. And then, of course, you can with solar panels, it's more complicated. Choose not to. 
So I'll write letters to my family, just on pen and paper, and I've got an envelope with stamps on it, and if I meet another hunter, then I ask, can you please post this letter? And when my parents open the letter, they smell the smoke, because everything stinks of smoke, or my hair, my clothing, everything. And when we do come out to a town for resupply to get more rice and flour in that, uh, we um, are run to the library. And there they have computers, which is um, a rare thing these days. And then I check my email. Brilliant invention email. More for it. And uh, then I get an email, can you come to Auckland? We will fly you in an airplane and you will stay in a hotel in the centre of Auckland. And that's how I find myself here. She's so matter-of-fact about everything. Um, and I love the fact that she writes these letters and when they get sent home, they have this smell of the campfire and of smoke. So they get a real feel for where she is mm. when she was writing this. And I, I just think that's quite wonderful. I agree. And I think letters are still really important and we should write more of them. That, that sort of slowing down of life and taking a bit more time over communication. It's difficult, though, when email is just so much quicker and easier. That's true. Um, she also of course spoke to me about books because I had to ask her about the books that inspired her and if there were any that she can date this fascination with adventure back to and this is what she had to say I read this book and my sisters as well and everyone else uh, called Ronja Astrid Lindgren a Swedish author um, about indeed this girl who lived in the wilderness with her boyfriend and uh, she had to fight all these monsters and that um, that was a great inspiration, but more, as I said, more as a fantasy than reality. Later in life, I read Thoreau with Walden Pond, a man who lived in sort of 1850 or something, uh, by himself in a little hut in the forest. And he writes that it's much easier to live simple. And also, and this I picked up from him, is that if you buy a car that is uh, worth a certain amount of money, you have to work to get that money. And work is the time of your life, which is limited, right? So the real price of that car is the time of your life. And the problem is we don't know how long we're going to live. And so can we really afford this car in terms, in terms of time? Miriam Lancewood there speaking to me at the Auckland Writers Festival. She was there to speak about her memoir, Woman in the Wilderness, a story of survival, love and self-discovery in New Zealand. Her and her husband, Peter, live a nomadic life in the wilderness of New Zealand. They hunt wild animals, they forage for food, everything they own is in a pack on their backs. And for her, it's a very matter-of-fact, natural way of living. That's how she chooses to live her life. And as you can tell from the interview, she is completely happy and content and recommends it, in fact. Though if we all lived in the wilderness... It wouldn't be... There would nobody be managing the emails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think it's brilliant when people find that, that, that place in that space and, and it works for her and for Peter. And it doesn't work for everybody. I would love to know if her family ever come and visit her. Oh. No, I think... I. From what she said, I think that she goes to them. Mm. But that is a good question. But a wonderful story. And I, it sounds, I loved, I really want to read the book. Because if, if the book is written in the voice that she has put in that interview, it'll be wonderful. Speaking of books, the ones that she mentions at the end and her inspiration 
you know, the Ronya living in the wilderness with her own boyfriend. I, I only think of Pippi Longstockings I was, when I think of Astrid Lindgren. I was going to say that. I was, I was thinking exactly the same. But of course, Pippi is a very strong character who does live by herself. I mean, she's in, she's in a house on her own. Her father is away. Um, it's a long time since I've read the book, but you know she she has to manage on her own. Yeah. Um, so that sort of adventurous spirit is clearly running right the way through Astrid Lindgren as well. So yeah, I didn't realise that Ronya, the robber's daughter, um, had also been adapted as a prize-winning 1984 film, a Danish and a German musical, and also a Japanese anime. Fun fact for you there. <laughs> There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.